Hello, and welcome to Surviving the Apocalypse with Curtis Jensen. Here, me and my guests explore the topic of the apocalypse and how to be prepared when it comes. I define the apocalypse as any violent or catastrophic event which dramatically changes the world around us. Preparations for the event can be mental, physical, and spiritual, so I'm exploring all angles of this topic for my own benefit, for the benefit of my children, my grandchildren, my family, and for you. I'm using this podcast as a means of bringing what I find to your ears. So I hope this is helpful to you. Listen well, take notes, uh, ask questions, think for yourself. And always remember, the end is only the beginning. Hey guys, and welcome to Surviving the Apocalypse. Um, Tonight I have a guest with me. We're sitting in my dining room, hoping my wife doesn't walk in the door and start yelling about why we're using her dining room for the podcast. So, uh, this is my my brother-in-law, Josh, with me. And Josh is a very ambitious fellow. He's very success-minded, and and he's been a source of inspiration to me. And so I've got Josh with me. We're just going to have a quick conversation because we only have about a half an hour. We're going to go over some things, and then possibly we'll do interviews in the future. So, Josh... Just give us like a 30-second intro of yourself, like who you are, what you're working on, where you're going in life. Yeah, that, thanks, man. So if uh, he already mentioned, my name's Josh File. Um, yeah, he is pretty point on. Uh, I am success-minded. I'm, uh, I always knew I had an entrepreneur-like heart. Um, a quick snapshot of my background, I actually... Uh, was very big on upscaling restaurants and whatnot. And uh, I was actually gonna open up my own restaurant, but because uh, you know, when you have limited a- assets, you know, um, you only can get so far by yourself. And so uh, idea kind of got forgotten, uh, got connected with some other entrepreneurs <coughs> that were like-minded uh, like myself, got access to a mentor, and that's been a huge blessing in my life, you know. Um, I've learned that a mentor's role is uh, to uh, see where you can become instead of seeing where you're currently at. And uh, when he, when I started to see, um, you know, my potential through his eyes, I started to see my worth and my true uh, skills and talents. And so my actual passion is people freeing their minds from, you know, from he- fear and whatnot. Because when you add the love to fear. Fear goes away, and that's another uh, talk that I don't have time to go into. And so, so yeah, that that's uh, a little bit about me. Um, I'll let my friend here continue. Yeah. So, so this is surviving the apocalypse. We're talking about how the world could end, and I know maybe it's not something you're thinking about every day. So, so we're gonna start thinking about it and talking about it now. Um, I've got a list. I've got 19 ways <clears throat> the world could end. I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna shoot them off here. And if you, if you want to talk about any of these, then just raise your eyebrows at me. 
or snap your fingers at me. Uh, alien invasion. Bees go extinct, causing famine. Water wars. Super volcano. An asteroid colliding with the Earth. Artificial intelligence strikes back. Robot wars slash robot terrorism. Solar flare. EMP. Atomic warfare. Brain parasites, therefore causing a zombie apocalypse. Global warming and massive flooding. Ice age. Biological warfare or accident. Disease, natural occurring disease. An oil crisis, uh, thereby creating economic collapse. Uh, an economic collapse for any other reason. Uh, intentional depopulation efforts on the part of the elite. And the last one on my list, which I added recently, is sex robots. Because <laughs> sex robots have the potential to get so good at having sex with humans that humans stop populating, reproducing, because we prefer our sex robots and we get lost in the artificially intelligent, ever-improving learning world of, of sex robots. <clears throat> so, are there any things on those lists that interest you or pique your interest? Um, probably the, the global warming part. Okay. So how likely is how likely is global warming to occur? Um, I I believe uh, when you look at um, the en en <coughs> energy and gas industry, um, I believe it's more likely for that to happen. I've heard a lot of talks on, and they already got um, you know professors making more of a push in this area because they even have they're even doing documentaries on it as well they they have some uh um current movies being made right now when it comes to global warming and it's just the smallest thing like uh wind turbines you know when you have too many of them because we're huge on wanting to produce as much energy as fast as possible but a lot of times we don't realize it's doing more harm to the earth than good like when you focus on the wind turbines, if you have uh, too many of them going at one time, it can uh, change the um, wind pattern and that causes different uh, weather patterns as well, like tornadoes and, and um, you know, and that passes all the way down to the coast. And the, when you hit the coast, that can also um, change the wind pattern out in the ocean, which causes more... Uh, um hurricanes and whatnot so that's my viewpoint on it and so it's it's actually a serious uh occurring uh subject that's been constantly being popped up through the years and now it's starting to get more attention because what you're starting to see out in the world today could you agree to this well yeah and and it's uh it's like it's one of those things that's definitely gonna happen yeah but but we don't know when and and i really don't know how how the world should should prepare for it like how the government or any kind of regulatory agency mm -hmm. should prepare for it because as those as those ice caps melt 
it's going to displace something like 2 billion people. Yeah. I'm not sure on the statistic, but, but there's something like 2 billion people out of the 7 billion on the planet who live on the coastline and in, in that zone that could p- potentially be flooded out. So imagine 2 billion people suddenly being displaced and they're coming into cities like this where we're more inland. All of a sudden people are flocking to cities like this because they need shelter, they need food, and suddenly, you know, we're taxed for our, like, our livelihood. Just look at uh, the hurricane that happened down in Florida. <coughs> you know, the same process would kind of happen. You know, there would be uh, riots, people fighting over the smallest thing like water. Um, mm. My brother is actually part of that incident, and he saw, you know, broken down vehicles. Well, not broken down vehicles, just vehicles that they would leave on the side of the highway because there was just no gas. You know, when you have a... Uh, yeah, when something so happens that fast, when, when, it would happen or wherever they go to as well. Yeah, that's something that people don't think about. They think, no. okay, if something happens, I'll just get in my car and drive to a safe place. Yeah. Well, what about when there's a million people trying to drive at the same time? There is no, not enough gas. You know, you'll dry up the gas stations. There's actually just like not enough yeah it'll be a frenzy that will start to happen mm-hmm. and uh when people aren't prepared there's not enough for people here to prepare for that and so um when people are in the mindset of panic um they lose control and do things they normally wouldn't do right yeah that's another topic i talk a lot about because people start acting differently when something goes wrong and it actually will change the way we're feeling so like you right now, you might be calm and cool, but if people are trying to pound down your door, trying to get your stuff, then you're going to start acting irrationally, yeah. and then that's going to cause someone else to act irrationally, and it can chain react. On top of that, people stop, people, once something happens and they can't get their, their drugs, their prescription meds, or just their alcohol, or their whatever it is they're used to having to stay in that calm, cool, like, I'm calm, I'm cool zone. Mm-hmm. Once people can't get those things, like their candy bar, for a lot of people it's sugar. You know, that's their drug that they use to stay on a consistency. So when that happens, you know, everything changes. We can't, we can't predict how we're going to feel yeah. and how we're going to react to things. Yeah, so you hit that on the head. People start acting differently, you know. <coughs> Anything else on this list that... That sounded plausible. That was the one that stood out the most for me that I had some knowledge on. So how how do we get prepared for the global warming as an individual? And I don't mean like what should the government do or whatever, but as you as an individual, what's what should you do? So I'm huge on uh, because I'm passionate about people. I'm huge on uh, networking. So when something like this happens, uh, you want to learn how to, prior of an incident like this, uh, making those type of connections that uh, re- um, um, will lead you to resources, especially in this kind of uh, situation. And especially if it starts to really go downhill um, all the way towards, you know, needing shelter towards like underground shelter um you know making those kind of 
connections where the individual can feel safe with you tell, telling these kind of secrets is very, very important because by yourself, uh, that's the most dangerous spot to be in. Um, so that's what I believe. I believe that getting really good at making those uh, uh, resources and connections to prepare for this type of, um, you know, disaster. So, so getting in touch with the right people. Yeah, yeah. Ex-military, you know, stuff like that. So you want to get in touch with people who have skills... Where what, you could what are those that. what are those skills that you're looking for in a person? Um, obviously someone that has ex-military experience on just survival instincts that you don't have, you know, because um, when you think about it, if you're really good at networking and uh, connecting with people, uh, there could be a situation where they could actually, it's a win-win. You need their skills to protect you, and they need your skills to, um, for communicating uh, to get other people's leverage and whatnot. And so um, those are, you know, very important types of individuals to stay connected with because you never know what kind of situation could happen that you would need someone skilled to get uh, out of that situation by using the right kind of wordage. Okay, so besides military skill, what other types of things are going to be valuable in a catastrophe? Um, obviously someone that's uh, educated and skilled in um, medical um, situations, you know, Right, doctors, nurses. Yeah. Okay. Because especially if uh, you get a cut, you know, um, you need someone there that can identify what some of the symptoms are. You're right. Cool. Um, so, so is it more important to have to have these connections firsthand? in preparation or is it enough just to wait until it happens and then try making those connections it, it should always be good just to have those connections the uh, back frame of your mind of you know who to reach out to when this type of thing happens not necessarily talking about um, we may need each other one day in case this happens you know you don't even have to approach it that way just have a mental note in your mind that this would be a good connection if this happened, but not making that known. Um, so they already can trust you when something like this happens. And when you just decide so you to build up, build up the relationship, exactly. it. it all you starts just, with relationships. You can't just think you know the person across the street right. who is a doctor. Yeah. Because as soon as something happens, well, he's already got his connections, his networks, yeah. and everyone else wants him. So you can't just think that you know him. Like... We gotta start. We gotta start today. Actually, yeah. building those relationships. Even if it's a five-year process, at least the relationship is already established. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta build the relationships with the right people. In fact, what I'm thinking of doing is actually just making a list of not right now, but make a list of all the people I know who have these different types of skills. So I'll come up. I'll come up with a list of of the types of skills like military doctor uh, electronics like somebody who's good with setting up electronics communicator communicator maybe translators people who know multiple languages 
<clears throat> people who know survival skills, people who come up with a, you know, with like a list of all those things and then I actually analyze in my own life if I know all those people. Mm-hmm. And if not, maybe I need to go and seek out some of those people and start building up those relationships. Amen. So what about what about skills that that you're interested in learning? I know uh learning multiple languages would be helpful for me. You know, and uh learning some languages other than English, especially because I'm I'm big on on how I communicate properly, but I do come across people that it would be good to know um certain languages especially based off of certain situations I've I've noticed that I would be more involved if I could speak certain languages true true like uh, I'm just thinking for example if I happen to be on vacation in like India when an atomic war happens all of a sudden there's atomic war and I can't just get on a plane to come back home and I'm stuck in a foreign land you know I would need to know the language or at least know parts of it enough to get by yeah how much time do we have 10 minutes 10 minutes (coughs) how long do you think we have until the world ends well that that's a that's a different talk alone I mean we're talking about humanity so uh, and uh, you know it's in our nature to make emotional decisions based off of other people's reactions, and so it's you know it's very unknown. It could happen tomorrow, it could happen a week, it could happen a month, it could happen years from now. We just don't know, you know. And so well, as far as global warming, that's something that I believe, it's not going to happen tomorrow. But I believe that's a man-made event. So how long do we have until the ice caps melt? And I know maybe you're not the professional on the topic, right. but what's your idea? Well, I believe any, anything could be controlled if there's right preparation. But if there's no preparation, you know, I'd say a few years, within five years. And the ice caps are gone and people are displaced. Yeah. Yeah. Also with global warming comes a change in in crops like certain crops aren't going to grow or flower at the right time and then the bees won't pollinate them and creates all kinds of other things climate changes cool what else is on your mind do you want to send a message out to the world uh if if there was 10,000 people listening when I've got the 10,000 subscribers What's your what's your thirty second message to the world? I never really think about these things, so Yeah, you do. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's saw tough. your talk written up, so <laughs> I, know you, I know you do think about these things. See when a disaster like this happens, you know, we're actually more connected than we realize. We actually have the ability to uh changing the way we view people by by looking at them in a different way we could uh, actually decide to see the best in people and realize that we actually do need each other especially in these kind of situations 
Because when you start to see the worst in people, the worst starts to come out of them. Um, but when you actually see a 10 on people's foreheads, the things that you look at... What do you mean by that? Change. See a 10 on their foreheads? Meaning you don't think low of them. You actually believe highly in them because everyone was uh, gifted with certain gifts and talents to give on to the world. And when you look at it that way, you start to view people differently and realize that we actually do need each other, especially in uh, um, in these kind of circumstances, if they did occur. Uh, we just don't think about these things because we're just so busy in our daily lives of what the things that we want uh, for our families. But when it comes down to it, um, we need each other more than we realize. Because when that time comes, um, we don't want to be in a position where I wish that I took things more seriously with the relationships that I did create and made those bonds stronger. Now I'm alone. What do I do? And then we just have the nature of taking and all of a sudden these animal instincts start coming out, you know. I mean, it's the small, when, when it comes to this thought process, when you look at a child, when a, when a teacher looks to the student and tells them, you know, you have a, a higher IQ than everyone else, that child's uh, ambition starts to rise above all else to meet the teacher's expectation. So that's why I say, when you see a 10 on people's forehead, you view people differently, and then they'll want to rise above. And so, mm. I th I think, uh, you know, realizing we're we need each other more than we realize, and we're actually more connected than we realize because we're emotional creatures, and we need each other. If we didn't have each other, how would the world look today? Obviously, we're as far as we are today because we realize how important we really need each other. So, so getting getting the best out of people yeah. means looking for the best that's that's there. Yeah. So does that mean turning a blind eye to like the negative qualities? Right now, I'm I'm relating this to my wife because we were just having this fight, and then I sit there and I I just see all our bad qualities. Right. So, so do I have to ignore the bad qualities to look for the good? Well, it start it starts with the environment. I believe that. Um, it's obvious that we all can change for the better, but if we're in a, if we're in a bad environment, it, it pulls our minds back to that. Therefore, we you stay where you're at. Now, um, I've learned that you become who you associate around the most in the books that you read. Um, and then when that started to uh, come into fruition, I realized my, my life just started changing for the better. So it it all starts like it's the simplest thing. When you're normally around positive people like myself, uh, you have positive thinking. You make good decisions, good moral decisions as well. But if you are, but as soon as you take that same individual and you surround them by, um, I want to say uh, weak-minded individuals, this, uh, individuals that really don't have direction or morals in their life, your mind starts to go towards that direction as well. It's in our human nature for our minds to 
link and to uh, to um, uh, be understanding and whatnot. Therefore, we can sometimes stay stuck in those ways, and that's a dangerous place to be, especially if we. Um, personal development is huge uh, for the mind, and so you want to be careful who you associate your mind around, especially when it comes to wanting to have skilled thought process going in. Our minds are very powerful tools. We may not realize this because we have all this other crap that happens in the world that clouds our minds and our judgments. A lot of distractions. Exactly. I mean, when you look at uh, social media, you may not know this, but this is in the book at the slight edge. Um, When you're mindingly scrolling through Facebook or watching a movie, uh, the mind turns into like bubblegum. It's like a sponge. You have more brain activity while you're sleeping versus doing those things. So technically, when you think at it as a uh, logical uh, topic and more of a scientist's perspective, you're actually killing the brain slowly, you know, um, because the brain needs to be developing all the time and using critical thinking. When you uh, get rid of those distractions and focus on things that actually have meaning behind them and purpose, you start to realize how smart you really are. But it's hard to know what's in you when you have all those distractions. When I started to limit those distractions, I started to learn how smart I really was. I'm not saying I'm a big deal or anything. I just realized that I can actually have more achievement in my life than I was taking. Because sometimes we listen to the wrong people you're you're really inspiring me actually on on the whole subject because and and i'm just working on tying this into my my subject because that's what we're talking about that's what sometimes i can hear off well no you're perfect and it's actually it's actually perfect goes right along the lines with preparing for the end of the world because the longer we sit and, and watch TVE and look through Facebook and all this stuff is all wasted time that we could be building up our food storage and getting the right tools and going out learning skills and going out building relationships, doing all these things. So, you know, if we waste all of our time on Facebook or at the movies or seeking entertainment or going to the bar or anything, then it's almost like we're we're burning we're burning our money or something it's almost like we're burning our our ability to actually get get what we need it's not valuable things it's not just that technology (laughs) has gone so far that it's actually made us stupid because we've been relying on our phones to do our thinking for us i mean already 80 percent of americans don't even know how to read a map right and that's i mean that's danger zone right there if uh you can't rely on a um a device to do the thinking for you dude you just gave me the the 20th way the world could end (laughs) and and i call this i've been thinking about it for a long time but but i call it the tower of babel because the modern tower of babel you you know the story from the bible right the tower of babel uh uh, it's been a long time so it was when it was when the people supposedly they thought they could actually build a tower high enough to go up into heaven 
and oh, okay. go meet God or whatever. Right, right. I don't know the specifics. It's just a story. But basically, God got angry. He knocked down their tower, and then he confused all the people. He took away their language. So every different person was speaking a different language, and no one could communicate. Right. So they kind of had to scatter. Like They couldn't organize. They couldn't function as a society because they lost their language. So the modern ta- Tower of Babel is just something I've been thinking about. It's the subject where... <coughs> they're saying that okay like right now you can take this device put it in your ear and when you walk into a foreign country and people are speaking a foreign language it'll automatically translate mm-hmm. what they're saying into our language right so if i go to china have you heard about this thing uh, no i have not yeah so it's just like an earpiece that's connected to apple or your iphone or whatever and and as you as you have a conversation with someone who speaks a different language, what they say is automatically translated in your ear into English, or whatever your language is. Mm. So if you were Chinese speaking to me, in, and I'm I only speak English, and you're speaking Chinese, and I'm gonna hear it in English because it's picked up by the thing, and translated. So this is like this is like only the beginning and as technology progresses they say we're going to have implants in our brains where we can automatically communicate like send texts facebook with each other just just through our brains it'll be implanted into the brain so there's no need for a device it's implanted in the brain right Mm. so after several generations of this if people i mean look how dependent we are on cell phones already and these are this is only one generation since they've been invented Right. Imagine several generations of people communicating through an implant uh-huh. where they're texting and they're browsing the web and they're Facebooking. Within a few generations of that, what I see is people will actually lose the knowledge of how to verbally speak, of how to do anything. They, they, they won't need it. They'll ignore it. They'll, they'll neglect There's the vocal muscles, the mouth. They, they won't teach it in school anymore how to speak. Parents won't teach their children how to speak. They'll just be, you know, telepathically communicating through their device. Yeah. But then what happens when those computer chips go out? Then we've lost, we've lost our language. You following me? Mm-hmm. So several generations down the line, when everyone is just relying on this, this computer chip, then we've actually lost our language if it goes out. And there's, and there's, things in here like EMP or solar flare, which would do that. They would actually cause the computer chips to fry. So yeah, it's very important for families to take education serious right. within the family. Right, and to pass down the <coughs> the relevant skills. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how many of us even know how to, how to store food anymore? Like how right. to can, how to can some vegetables? Yeah, it's the, the family traditions are starting to become lost as the years go on. Mm-hmm. I think that's a whole other subject is is how, how would a person survive if they lost everyone else and it was mm-hmm. only themselves. We should have for self. Yep. Hey, Angel. How's it going? I'm good so far. No, you're good. But you're probably out of time now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Anyway, I will have I will have Josh back on in the future. We're going to have more conversations. This is only the beginning. There's so much to talk about. So, Josh, if our listeners want to get a hold of you, to have a conversation with you or find out what you're doing, 
Is there an email or a Facebook or a URL or how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, um, you guys can uh, <coughs> um, reach me through my Instagram at Joshua7129. That's uh, my entrepreneur um, social media that people can follow me on, or you can send me uh, emails for, uh, you know, a, if you're looking for a life coach, mentorship, um, I have access to all those types of skills to having success in life. So that's the best way to reach me. I don't feel comfortable giving my email or phone number out. <laughs> that's fine. And that's so, so um, find Josh on Instagram. What was it again? Joshua7129? Yep. Okay. Cool. So look Josh up and we'll have him back in the future. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good night. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. This is a, a real treat being able to do this. It's very exciting. I have so much more planned. There's so many more interviews, guests lined up. There's, there's bigger plans than just this podcast. So it's very exciting. And I hope that you all subscribe and stay tuned for future updates because it's just getting bigger from here. Also, I want to ask you to give me your feedback, uh, send me your criticism, give me advice, because I'm committed to, to being as good at this podcasting thing as possible. I want to get better at it, so, so please tell me how I can improve. I'll take your criticism with gratitude. And until next time, shada bada bing bang, ding dong. Darling, he's coming home. Darling, Waiting no more nights alone Darling